What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. This episode of the Warriors Huddle is brought to you by the Athletic Club Oakland, a sports bar we love. If you listen to this pod, you enjoy watching sports, and you already know that watching games with other fans makes that experience even better. Obviously, catching a game at the house on your own is fine. I've done it for decades, but watching a game in a spot that lets you scream and cheer and just generally lose your shit with other Dub Nation fans is way more fun. COVID took that from us for a while, but the ACO is giving it back. The Athletic Club Oakland has shut down their entire side street, not just the parking spots in front. Their entire side street created an enormous outdoor space called the Town Gardens and filled that space with tables, more than 15 huge TVs, and their full complement of great service, food, and drinks. It's big. It's comfortable. It's a great spot to watch Steph continue to rain threes, the NFL playoffs, or really any other sport with other fans while still staying safe. I love this bar. I love their food. I love their space. I love their TVs. I even love that it's pretty family friendly. I can roll here with friends and get too fired up, or I can go with my wife and kid and simply enjoy a game while also having brunch. The Athletic Club is now our go-to spot to watch all sports, especially the Warriors, and we hope you'll join us there. The Athletic Club Oakland, where sports fans can be sports fans again. We're going to bring you on to our huddle. You are in Warriors Huddle with me, Bram, with me per usual. A man who owes me $100 because of Steph Curry's incredible free throw shooting, Mr. Marcus Taylor. What's up, Dev Nation? And our master of all things sound, Maxime. How's it going? Gentlemen, this one finds us in kind of a shittier place. Uh, The Warriors did not close it out in Dallas. We're heading towards a game five over at Chase Center. How are you boys feeling? Are you upset? Is it nothing? You've already moved on. Where are we? I moved on. I mean, I, I expected it. I didn't really expect the the bench to show up the way they did, which is a pleasant surprise. I'm sure we'll get into that, but I'm over it. I mean, it's the conference finals. Dallas is a good team. Just as, as equally as we were saying, it's impossible for them to win four in a row. 
um, you know, it's pretty hard for us to win four in a row. So I think it swings both ways and um, looking for a gentleman sweep. I love that. And let me ask a follow-up right now. I'm kind of breaking rank. This is going to be in the golden questions, but let's do it here. Cause this seems to be the big issue for Warriors fans. All of us are fired up about the comeback. We should be. And yeah, we'll talk about it. But the point that people tend to kind of disagree on is whether or not Kerr should have kept with the bench mob. You know, they, they bring us back right to eight and then he makes a decision to put back Steph, put back Clay, put back the starters, you know, and, and, and as he put it, literally go for it. So MT, keep the mic. Did you agree with that? Or then, and let me give you a better question. When Kerr put in the starters, did you agree with that decision or, or did you want the bench to finish it out? I yelled at my TV. I was like, no, like at, at that point, you just ride with the people who got you there. As soon as he put... Steph back in, Luca drives to the hole and does the kick out three to Bullock for the corner. Yep. I mean, it probably still happens regardless of who's in there, but I just would have continued to roll with with who got us there. And the fact that you just are resting Steph and Clay, we probably shouldn't have won that game and weren't gonna win it. So just let you know Luca get his toe stepped on more, you know, roll an ankle, do anything that. You know, just they shouldn't have been in the game. And I just think you just ride with the hot hand. That said, Kerr said, you look like the guys were getting a little gassed and tired. So you understand it from that point. Um, But I just, I feel like you got to ride with the people who got us there. I mean, this is a cop out, but in Kerr, I trust. I've said that a thousand times, right? So if he decided that was what's up, then, you know, I trust him. And we know Maxime trusts Kerr over me. So I'm sure that he thought that Kerr made the right fucking decision as well. Um, but I was upset by it. And it almost seemed like we'd be like upsetting the basketball gods, you know, like if, if they've decided that, okay, this one's over and then, you know, Moody and Kaminga drag us back into within eight. Cause I think it was a Kaminga three that dropped it from 11 to eight. It just felt like, I, I don't know, basic basketball, uh, knowledge dictated. You got to stay with the hot hand and see where the hell this goes. And then bringing Curry back in, this is the whole basketball gods angering thing. I started getting really worried that something would happen to him. You know, like he'd turn an ankle or something in a game that, uh, they had already decided Curry couldn't win. So I, I don't know, I, a hell of a comeback. We will talk about it, but I think I'm with you. I would have preferred if the rookies had finished it out, um, Maxime, take the mic, but take it in a different setting. Let's move over to the glass half full. So you boys know how this works. Uh, Normally we look at more than one game, but because we're crazy and have been recording after every single one of these games, look back only at game four, man. Give me something you like and something you didn't. Well, you know, as as Kanye would say, I'm going to let you finish, but I got to scoot back for a second just to say, I do wonder if this was actually some 4D chess by Kerr because, you know, there, there's speculation that maybe we shouldn't have been winning this game uh, so that we could have game five of Chase. And maybe he actually put the starters back in in order to tank us out of the game because the reserves were playing so well. I don't know. I'm, I'm just reading the tea leaves. I would have preferred if you had phrased that something I like and then said that <laughs> as opposed to just stiff arming my move as a host and be like, no, I am moving back a segment. Too bad for you, Brad. <laughs> no, but but actually the, the glass half full look, I mean, if you're going to pull any silver linings out of this game, it's absolutely what happened um, when the starters got pulled off. And it's, you know, I mean, we saw fantastic play from Moody. I thought he looked like he was, he's ready to go. He's ready to contribute. It's something that we always knew, but now we actually really saw it in a playoff setting. And Luca was still out there. There wasn't completely garbage time. This was legitimate minutes in an NBA playoffs environment. Um, you know, same thing, even for Bielitsa looking really great. I felt like Kaminga obviously had some fantastic minutes. Loved seeing that three, especially in a high pressure environment to cut it down to eight. 
when the stakes started to get a little bit really more real. Um, so I'm feeling really good about what that says for the strength and numbers mentality moving forward. Yeah, I'll, I'll back that. So something I like, man, it wasn't just the comeback, although, yeah, I like that, but it extends beyond that. It's the experience and it's the minutes that Moody and Kaminga are getting. And I'll give you um, an objective reality on that. I never do research. And in fact, that's true for this one. I didn't do research. I've just stole it from somebody else. But here are the top three minutes from 19-year-olds in the conference finals in the history of of the NBA. So every 19 year old who has ever played at any point ever in the NBA and has logged minutes in the Western or in any conference finals, number one, Kobe Bryant at 87, number two, Moses Moody at 39, oh. number three, Kaminga at 15, the rest of the list in the history of the NBA, nobody is more than five. So, you know, take a zoom out approach on this. The Warriors have two big goals this offseason, they want to win a title. Of course, they fucking do. And they want to develop their younger players to keep that title window open beyond this year. So did they win a title last night? No, you know, that that goal remains uh, achievable, but they didn't you know, close it out. Did they develop these guys and give them the exact kind of experience that we want and need? Yes, a billion times. Yes. And it wasn't just you know, uh, unnecessary minutes. It was the meat of the game. It was Moody and Kaminga who grabbed the Warriors by their bootstraps and pulled them back in to an elimination game. You know, so if there's something I like, it's it's not just a silver lining. It's one hell of a step forward for two guys that are going to be playing an enormous role in our future. So I, I'll take this a step further. I'll take it a step too far, boys. In the overall um, scheme of things, things that are, are you know, the best for the Golden State Warriors, between a win and a sweep last night and Moses Moody and Kaminga getting that kind of experience, there's at least a, a way to look at this that that experience was even more valuable than a sweep, assuming they still finish it out. So something I like, that's what I like. Something I don't, playoff losses. I take this shit too hard, boys. I went into last night. It meant nothing. They're up 3-0. What Marcus said, he expected the loss. So did I. I, 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 like, I didn't go to the extent of like talking to myself in the mirror, but I should have. I'm like, look, they're going to lose tonight. doesn't matter. Keep calm. Eight minutes in, I'm furious. Again, I have to pause it and walk around the house because I'm so angry as Dallas is making shots. So I, I just can't find a healthy way to watch these games. And that's the thing I don't like. MT. Where are you? Uh, got two and one for that. So um, what I like and what was interesting was that our entire starting five had a um, plus minus of at least minus 20. I think it was across the board. Maybe it was a minus, minus 19, 18, minus 18 by Draymond. But otherwise, it was all 20s and plus. Um, the two plus minuses that were positive, uh, plus 18 and plus 15. And that was Nemanja and Damian Lee, respectively. So the two guys that we probably talk the most shit about <laughs> and they come in and just dominate. So um, I like them. Shout out to them for shutting us up on that. Um, two things I didn't like. One was um, just the, the, like, I don't want to blame the rest, but it always feels like when Zach Zarb is a part of it, we don't have a chance. And um, he was friendly and, you know, he and Steve Kerr and Steph and everybody were all joking. So it seems like they don't have any ill feelings towards him, but 
it's just every time it just feels like there's going to be some really bad calls that don't go our way. So, um, you know, I just, it, it sucks, you know, that you have to feel that way about a referee, but I'm just going to be watching it, you know, assuming we go to the finals and that Zach is in a rotation and some of those, it's going to, you know, between him and some of the other ones, you know, you got your Kane Fitzgerald, it's just going to be an interesting ride. Um, and the other thing that, um, I didn't like was Steph went four for five from free throws. He finally missed one, but it happened after, after the 10th one, baby, just so shady. So, you know, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll fess up to it now on it. Um, you're right. You, you bet a hundred beans. So let me know if you want black Pinto kidney, stupid. whatever you That's got. Ridiculous. Got and that you open this up with, I'll, I'll admit to it and then have some stupid ass word game. You can give me my hundred dollars in any way you want. And in fact, I'm going to give you an opportunity to win it back from me today. Uh, I will clarify one thing. I don't give a shit if Damian Lee was plus 8,000. I don't take back anything <laughs> that I said before. And I still don't hope to see him as a part of a major uh, playoff rotation. I'll give us one more thing. I don't, I don't like free throws that die on the rim. I don't think I've ever seen that before. I, I, like, I, I can't remember ever seeing that happen on a free throw. You know, we've seen it in like other random shots. And just as a, a random uh, additional aside, I didn't like Davis Bertrand's reaction to that missed free throw. I don't know if you guys saw that, but it's like, it's almost like he won the championship and he had this super random ass reaction where he threw up two thumbs up hell high in the air and then like got on the court and then came back off of it. I rewound it. It made me so angry. It's, it's enough that he looks like a lumberjack. We don't need two thumbs up for zero reason, man. It's one free throw. Settle down, Davis. Yeah, I'd never seen that either. The closest I seen was your air ball at Chase Center when we got to shoot free throws. But I mean, don't make me talk about the weight day again. Again, I did this. There's you're not gonna suck me into this ridiculous fucking rabbit hole. And once I beat you in another free throw competition, I mean, you know, I, you're lucky I'm not holding the uh, the wiffle ball that I hit 450 feet off of your ass not five or six years ago. So you know, it is what it is, boys. Golden questions. This is our mailbag. Uh, it gets personal and Warriors based today. And let's start with the Warriors. We've kind of danced around this question, but we got to you know, put it out here and answer it directly. Maxime, I'll throw it to you. Quote, gentlemen, how worried are you about this series after last night's loss? It's tricky. You know, I think when we were talking about there's there's a little bit more legitimacy to your feelings of um, slight panic in watching this loss. You know, it'd be a lot better of a feeling if it was a close game and, you know, they happened to eke it out. But you saw them turn on on all the cylinders that made the people predict the Mavs in six when those people were predicting Mavs in six. Obviously, it's not going to go six. If they win it, they're going to have to win four in a row or I guess now three in a row. But the concern is everybody starts hitting shots. Jalen Brunson starts hitting shots. Dorian Finney-Smith starts hitting shots. Spencer Dinwiddie starts hitting shots. Luka continues to have 40-plus points a game. That happened. That's a little scary, you know, if they if they figured something out and they can continue to have that level of proficiency for the next three games, there's a little bit of cause for concern. Do I think that we're going to be able to close it out in game five? Yes, I do. I still feel pretty confident in that um, prediction, but things got a little bit more tenuous here. I'm not too worried. And I got two reasons for that. I don't know if I'm talking myself into it or I actually believe this. Let's say I actually believe it. Right. Here's uh, reason number one. We talked about it. It's the comeback, but it's not just that they made it close. It's the way that it went down. It looked to me like there was two adjustments. 
it looked like Dallas made an adjustment and started beating our zone pretty badly. And then it also looked like the Warriors made a late game adjustment and used the bench. And it looked like that adjustment was, uh, was successful. It looked like we had kind of stopped them from beating our zone. And the thing that makes me feel the best about that, ironically enough, is a quote from Jason Kidd. Um, here's what Jay Kidd had to say after the game. And this is a paraphrase, but quote, the biggest compliment we've gotten is that they have to play zone because they can't guard us one-on-one. So I view that as like a reverse psychology kind of thing. You know, the only reason that JK would be saying that I think is to try to punk us out of not playing the zone. He wants to like trigger our pride. We hear that, you know, he wants to force us to go out there and play one-on-one. Well, what that suggests to me is that he recognizes what I do. That they did make an adjustment and that the zone started working again and it bothered him towards the back end. So the comeback is reason number one, but here's the second, the Memphis disaster. We've seen this. We've seen the Warriors not necessarily show up in closeout games. It's an annoying portion of their DNA. It it could be from hubris. Who knows why it happens? But we do know that after it happens, the Warriors tend to show up. So do I expect them to show up at Chase Center? Absolutely, I do. So, you know, until there's more reason for panic, I'm not going to do it. But all of that said, you know, do I ever like seeing three one? No, it, it gives me lemon booty boys. So I'm not happy at its current score, but I, I still think the Warriors walk away with it. Uh, how about you, Marcus? Yeah, I agree. I, I hate seeing three one anytime we're up. Um, but I'm not too worried. I, I think the I agree that that compliment from or comment from Jay Kidd was just like it'd be like saying like oh the biggest compliment was when nick nurse went a boxing one on steph curry it's like it's not a compliment it's the strategy that works so you know like whatever but um you know dorian finney smith was the second leading scorer he scored more points than all of our starting five he had 23 our highest was steph with 20 so i don't think that happens again i'm a little worried luca didn't shoot the three ball very well he was three for 11 um i don't think that happens again and he probably makes up for some of the misses that are coming um their way from finney smith and you know bullock and on in in the chase center but um you know i i just hate the three one but you know we're not the team that we were when we were sweeping uh you know opponents in western conference finals that was a different team that was a all-time best five hit the floor type of team uh, so for us to even win the Western Conference Finals in five, to me, is still a lot. I think we're over, we're getting ahead of ourselves, expecting us to sweep this team. So, um, you know, a lot of people picked us in six and seven or Dallas in six. So the fact that we're even talking about winning it in five and being disappointed we didn't do it in four, I think just says, um, you know, we're, we're a little ahead of our skis and I think we're going to be okay. I, to, at the risk of being uh, too clear here, I'm not disappointed. They, 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 if this takes seven and they move on to the finals, great. They're in the finals, but watching them lose just takes so much out of me emotionally and psychologically, which is my own shortcoming. Like that has nothing to do with the Warriors. It's just something that's crazy for me, but here's your opportunity. MT. I bet you a hundred dollars, the hundred dollars that you owe me, the Warriors close this out in game five. You're betting me that they do, and I'm betting that Dallas wins? Yep, exactly right. No, I don't take that bet. I'll I'll, I'll finish counting out your beans over here, and I'll give those to you. These these word games are stupid. You're going to give me $100, and it is what it is. Maxime, back to you. 
So the popular conspiracy theory here, right? Um, and we'll give some background. I, I did a little research on this. The last couple of games at Chase Center, I think they had revenue exceeding nine to $12 million. So there's a lot of money to be made from home playoff games. And because of that, the last two times when the Warriors had a chance to close it out on the road and then lost Memphis and then last night in Dallas, the popular conspiracy theory is Lakeup told him to. He wants him to come back. They want that money in the pocket. Shit. Chase Center has been closed down for two years and you got to make up that money somewhere. So do you lend any credence to that? Do you think that there's any truth behind the idea that the Warriors might be losing these games on purpose to line Lakeup's pockets? You know, we're back to these conversations about conspiracy theories and and I don't know where the line is. It's it's hard for me to say what Lakeup would be doing. I would like to think that that dude's pockets are already so well lined with, you know, silk and fur and whatever else you line your pockets with that like he doesn't need to dip into this bag. But if I were Lakeup, I think I would be doing this, you know, and I would it would be an opportunity to recoup that money, especially thinking about how nice Wiggins has been playing and how much I want to keep this team alive, how much I want to make that luxury tax bill be real deep so that we can get this run um, to stretch out as long as possible. There's a lot of reasons that I think we should be celebrating, um, if that is the case, uh, that Lakeup wants to pull this off. Also, if I'm Lakeup, I would want the opportunity, seeing what happened at halftime, to come back into the building and just kind of rub in a Cuban's face that Chase Center doesn't have a leak in the fucking ceiling. <laughs> The uh, the league thing is absolutely ridiculous, but you've got my attention on something else. Did you? So if you were, if, let's not say you're like it. Let's say you are Maxime Stinnett. You own the Warriors. All right, you're going in last night to Dallas. Are you saying you would have gone in there and been like, "Look, boys, I need about eighty percent of your effort. I want to I want to finish this out at Chase." Uh, this does not listen. Um, uh, in my future NBA ownership, uh, uh, you know, when Adam Silver is like reviewing my case as to whether or not I can purchase the Warriors uh, when Blake up and Goober are looking to sell. Uh, hopefully this can be scratched from the record. But yeah, I think I might. I think, oh. you know, if I'm talking about nine to $12 uh, million, like that's a lot of money, you know? And I, I think I would have been angry that Kerr's putting our starters back into the end of the game because like, dude, this is, you do not want to mess around with an opportunity to get our players injured or have anything happen to them. Um, but at the same time, you know, get a little bit of extra cash in the pockets. I think it could be worth it. I never would have guessed that. I wish we had done this as Judgment Theater. This is incredible information, man. <laughs> um, so if, if it's me, I'll conflate these two questions. If it's me, what do I think uh, Lakeup did there? I think it would be the same thing. I think I would do the same thing that Lakeup probably did. I do not think that this conspiracy theory has any water to it. I, I do not think the Warriors purposely lost. I think there's a million reasons behind that. One of them is you just can't fuck with that. You, you can't take that risk. Um, closing series out are so difficult. Lakeup has watched a team come back from 3-1. The last thing he wants to do is let Dallas have any success. Um, so I don't think he would allow them to lose on purpose. But the other side of that coin, and this would be me too, is that when the Warriors lost, and he was, you know, boarding his private plane back to Oakland. Did he ball up his fist a couple times in celebration? No, probably. You know, like, was he devastated that they had to go home and he had to, you know, put $10 million in his silk slash fur lined pockets, which was hell of weird, by the way. And I can't imagine there'd be two different lining in anyone's pockets. That way it wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me. So I don't think he did it on purpose. I don't think he would ever do it on purpose, but I don't think he was super disappointed by the loss. You know, uh, how about you, Marcus, any weight to this? No way. Yeah. No, I don't think there's a, I don't believe there 
conspiracy theory. Um, I do have silken fur-lined pockets, so I, I do relate to Joe on that one. So I can probably speak. Is it like every other pocket? Like are the front silk and the back fur? Is it like half and half in each pocket? How does that work? No, you go silk and fur on all four. Don't be a rookie. I, on, I am this guy gets it. I like I don't even is that the phrase you use when you've never had fur or silk in your pockets is rookie it's not like there's rookie. not like some other term or something nope I mean yeah. Joe and I call you rookie all the time behind your back I'm just pleased that you guys are talking about me <laughs> you're welcome um so yes yeah, so I don't think there's a conspiracy theory at all um it's you know it it's hard to close out a team they're a good team they shot the ball really well we're terrible at close out games uh, I just think it was the the right situation for us not to win. Uh, and then there's also the rest factor. I saw that floating around. I think it's interesting. I agree. I don't think you mess around with potential injuries, but um, the finals are starting a week from Thursday, no matter how many, who wins and how many games it takes for either series um, to get there. So having nine days off versus uh, seven probably is a little bit better to have seven, not because you don't, you have less time to heal, but it's just, less time for rust to accumulate. Um, so I, that part of it makes sense, but I don't think it's a big enough reason for Joe and Steve and the team to go in there and conspire to, to lose a game. Gentlemen, I know this is really unprofessional and I apologize. Um, I got bothered by a text. Give me a couple seconds. Oh, it's from Lakeup. He says he hates Marcus. Oh, yeah, no problem. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll hit him back a little later. Here is our next question. And it's the hardest one by far. And I, I have had this on my sheet for more than an hour now. I don't think I have a response yet. And so I'm going to go last and I'm hoping you guys can inform me. Here it is. Quote, friend of the show, Connor, has both written articles and come on the huddle and said that the Warriors will look into trading Andrew Wiggins so they can use that money to keep rising stars like Jordan Poole, Kaminga, and now Moody. If the Warriors move on to the finals and Wiggins continues to be a difference maker, do you still think Golden State will look to move on from Wiggins? So I'm going to change this. I'm going to put a point to it, um, you know, understand what they're asking, and then change the question a little bit. We've done this in the past with these three players, but we've got new information on our plate. So I'm going to give you three players, and I'm going to ask you to keep only two of them. If you're Bob Myers and you had to make the decision right now, you can only keep two of these three people, which two would you keep? The two are Jordan Poole, Jonathan Kaminga, Andrew Wiggins. It's such a, it's such a brutal question. You know, I think there's, there's a, we got to remember, we're going back to the conversations we had with Chris and peak before um, the draft happened. You know, there was a world in which Kaminga before, you know, could have, could have ended up closer to number one pick, right? He has the exact same type of athleticism that we're seeing from Wiggins. It's just, you know, in a body that's, eight years younger there's there's reason to think that a warriors system that was able to turn wiggins from whatever the hell was happening in minnesota to whatever the hell is happening now is very possible with a 19 year old and it actually has a higher ceiling because we have him from the beginning and he doesn't have to unlearn bad habits so i think if i'm at you know basically this ends up being a conversation between the two of them um because you know i i get to keep pool either way right um, and I think in that case, you you go over some of this, you know, you go for the younger, the younger superstar potential in that case. The difference, however, is that Steph is not going to get any younger and his title window is open right now. And Wiggins is fantastic as our fourth option. Is he going to be our second or first option? I don't know that he can handle that amount of weight. So the flip side conversation is, do we want to keep Wiggins longer? Because that's actually the person that can support Steph as he ages out of his, um, 
title window, so to speak. So yeah, I mean, you're not helping <laughs> me at all. I, I was, I was ready to cut Wiggins and now like I'm all over the other side. Uh, it sounds like Maxime also doesn't yet have an answer. We'll come back to him. I will add that having Kaminga back on the floor, you almost forget how exciting it is, man. It's like having like a stick of dynamite in the room. Like you can't keep your eyes off it. And you know, it's only a matter of time before something dynamic and explosive happens. Like he, it's, he's just exciting and what you said he's not only Wiggins body type I think he's a little bit bigger man you know they I've, I've used this line before but if you convened a bunch of basketball scientists and had them create a body that was perfect for the NBA in 2022 probably be Kaminga you know so there's a lot of reasons to believe in his future but I still am not sure how to answer this hopefully Marcus Marcus you got an answer you've got to keep two of these of the three who do you keep I do. I mean, this is a terrible selfie's choice. So I hate you for even making this a golden question, but um, makes me super happy about this. <laughs> I keep uh, pulling Wiggins. And the reason is, is Wiggs is 27 and he's, he's shown what he can do. So he still has a, a fair number of years left. You know, we see Chris Paul playing, you know, the year, season he had and he is 37. So not saying that Wiggs is the equivalent of, of Chris Paul, but you know, there's an argument to be made that you still have a decade left of, of Andrew Wiggins. Um, and he's just shown that he fits in well. I agree with Maxine completely that if he needs to be like rise up to the second um, option, then that's out of his comfort zone and it doesn't bode well for him. But I view Kaminga's ceiling as a really good Wiggins. I don't know if he goes beyond where Wiggins is right now. Wiggins defense has been amazing. Um, you know, he's one of the reasons why Luca has had trouble this series and why they're doing all these schemes to get him off and get Steph switched on to him. And he's just been amazing with his rebounding and, and timely buckets. So I think in a great scenario for Kaminga, he turns into what Wiggins is for us right now. And if that's the case, then I keep pool because of his, um, ceiling, I think, is the highest of the three. Um, and you're getting a rookie extension. And then Wiggins has already been paid a lot. I think we can have those discussions with him and he likes it here. So we can figure out a team friendly deal to keep him. Whereas Kaminga still needs his his big paydays. And um, it's going to be tough money wise to keep the squad together as it is. I mean, there's a reality here, a possibility at least that Wiggins enjoys his life here so much more. I mean, having seen what this looks like in Minnesota and other teams, and then having seen what it looks like here, not just because he's in the playoffs, but because of where he gets to play on this team. He's the third option. He's taking wide open shots that he'd be willing to restructure or maybe move his money down. And we could keep all three of these. Um, but you know, just to keep the, the drama up, and I had to pick two, what keeps bouncing around in my mind, and I'll admit to you, Maxime, you helped me think about this. We talked about this during one of the games the other day, but if we're looking at skill sets that can be replicated between these three, which of the three would be the easiest to replicate? Probably Jordan Poole scoring from the, you know, from a guard spot. Now that is not, you cannot underestimate what he is doing. I am in love with Jordan Poole. We've, I've, I've, express that love many times into this microphone, but in this kind of a nasty ass, I only get to cut one. It might be the guy who I feel the most confident that I can get at least some of those stats back from. Whereas, you know, wings who can essentially guard every position and might have the kind of athleticism where they can get to the ring and, or rim and hit the three consistently um, with the kind of physical advantage we haven't seen since Kevin uh, Durant. I, I think I'm hedging towards these two. 
Yeah, didn't see that coming. I mean, it's it, it's a good argument. Um, well, there's a reason why this conversation is so hard. I mean, there isn't. Yeah. There's not a wrong answer to this, you know. And and again, this is the definition of a good problem to have. You know, if, yeah. if the team has so much talent that they can't hold on to it, that's a a huge gold star for Bob Myers. But that leaves you, Maxime. We vamped. I thought you were going to help me give me my answer. That didn't happen. You've heard both of us. Who are you keeping? Yeah, well, I just want to underscore that point before I definitively give my answer and stop vamping that it's not just we get rid of them for nothing, right? That's Those are pieces that, that become trade assets um, to get us back future picks, all sorts of other things. You know, I, I it's just it's a really tremendous position for us to be in. Um, so, you know, with that said, uh, I just want to remind this, the whoever wrote in this question probably wrote it in before game four happened. And so I just want to remind you that Lakeup is going to be 10 to $12 million richer, and he's not going to have to have his problem at all. So boom, we're keeping all three. That is the biggest cop out budget answer. I mean, you're not going to, you're not going to cut one. Literally. You're just not going to give us one. You have to cut somebody. Not only did your internet pause, but you went with all three. (laughs) And it would have been better if it had paused and we never got his answer. Then we would have been like, oh, we probably said something that was like on the money, but no, it it came out of slow motion right when he was like, and I'm not going to answer your question. By my and count, this is the third time you've stiff-armed me as the host. I mean, and just I give me a response, Giannis. dude. Giannis for the minimum. Exactly right. <laughs> Reach into that diamond-encrusted pocket and give us an answer. No, I at, at this point, I think um, I would actually I would cut Kaminga because I think the the skill set is replicable. This is basically what I was saying earlier, so I won't have, I won't rehash the point. There you go. Boom. One, one thing to think about too, though, is defensively, Kaminga and Wiggins are in a different level or two above where pool is. Can pool get there? Maybe. I mean, he worked hard enough, you know, to get where he is now. So you don't want to underestimate that, but his defense has been a problem. They target him every time he's on the court. Well, and if we're looking at it only from a defensive angle, even if pool exceeds all of our expectations and works remarkably hard, even then he's not going to be guarding the post. I mean, Kaminga can, can probably legitimately, if he shows that same progression that we're assuming for pool, he's a one through five defender, you know, and you, you don't, you don't come across those that easily. Right. Yeah. Uh, here's our last question. It's a fun one. It's one I'm fired up for. It's the one I've been looking forward to, you know, and it's uh, it's a way to stretch our legs a little bit and maybe be less depressed about that loss. And here it is. Good news, bad news. Let's start with the bad. Bad is that you have to fight Boban. Good news is it's not alone. You get to pick somebody from the Warriors roster to venture down that dark alley and fight Boban with you. So, gentlemen, who do you pick and do you think you would win uh, if you pick that person? I know that I'm just springing this on you. I've had a chance to think about it, so I'll go first here. You know, the easy thing you you would imagine like a Kaminga or a Draymond or one of these bigger guys. But I feel like if you try to fight Boban with size, you're going to get your ass beat. So I'm going quickness and toughness, GP2. So, I'm, I'm you know, this is I'm assuming that his elbow's right and that we get to talk before the fight starts. We get some kind of like strategy going. You know, I'm, I go left. He goes right. Something like that. We use the quickness to our advantage. That's my pick. Do we win the fight? Fuck no. I can't fight, dude. I can't fight. I bet you like GP2 might bring it close. Like he'd do something and and use some kind of mental advantage. I bet you he's been in a couple of fights over his life. He would put us in a position to win. And then it would be me. And I'd like punch him once and hurt my hand and like want to run away or something. It'll just, just something terribly embarrassing. So GP2 is the right pick, 
but it wouldn't be for me because I'm still losing, you know, despite Boban's probably remarkably slow speed. But that's that's where I'm at on this. Uh, where are you guys? I um, I execute a quick trade of Jordan Poole to the 76ers for Tobias Harris. And then I bring Tobias Harris with me and Boban immediately best doesn't friends. want to fight anymore. And we all become best friends and do State Farm commercials together. Yeah, that's I mean a terrible answer. And I, I, I blame Maxime for it because we've really just established this whole thing of don't worry about what Brian's asking you. You could just, just venture off into the weeds. So now we've got a Tobias Harris answer. Fantastic. You're welcome. It's all, I mean, uh, you say you're welcome, but I feel like this is, that's a Muggsy Bogues level take Marcus. That's supposed to be my job, man. Now, yeah, now I have it's to awful. Yeah. Maxine's going to be like, I pick Santa Claus. And then I'll, <laughs> And then I'll just finish this podcast remarkably frustrated and angry. I mean, the right answer is Jonathan Kaminga, because I think he is both incredibly athletic and young enough to withstand a couple punches. Like, for example, and like this is on a very different level, but when I rolled my ankle as a 19-year-old, I was healthy like two days later. When I rolled my ankle as a 32-year-old, I'm still not recovered. It's absolutely brutal. So the, the age difference actually does matter to get back up when Boban does land one of those punches. But to be clear, Marcus's answer is right because Boban seems like one of the nicest guys in the league. Oh my God. I don't want to fight him at oh all. Oh, my God. This is I, – I don't I don't know if we can. I'd like to go back. I will have, what, four or five minutes, erase everything you boys just said. Just include my answer because that, that was this awful. I'm almost as frustrated now as I was when the uh, Mavericks were raining three-pointers last night. But I need you guys to step up your game incredibly. Your answer was – fantastic the shortest guy on our team and then at least he was on fight. our team dude at least the, i ended with the, the someone who was actually amongst and then losing the fight That's you took a, a multiple choice win. answer and went e like no none of the above like nobody wants that and in your answer they didn't even fight you didn't pick somebody from the team and there was no actual altercation your answer is a 0.0, .0. I just feel like if Boban gets your hands on you, it's kind of like the mountain in Game of Thrones. Like, it's just over. Like, your whole thing is to not get you caught. So This is a much better answer. Where the hell do. was this? I wish you would. I, I won't even entertain the Game of Thrones thing because it would have been gold. And instead, we were talking about Tobias Harris and Kumbaya. Exactly. You're just mad because you didn't think of it. I am mad, but that's not why. With that in mind, you want to reach out to us, let us know that Marcus's answer was terrible or that you hated Marcus's answer or that he could have given us a better answer. You can send us an email to huddle at warriorshuddle.com. You can also hit us up on our social media account. Only one of those, Twitter, that's at Warriors Huddle. Finally, most importantly, shout out to our Patreon crew. We love you guys. We support you girls. We cannot tell you how much we appreciate everything you're doing. And if you want to join that crew, get access to the video uh, and join up on the Slack channel, hop up on Patreon, search for Warriors Huddle, and you can help us out for as little as a dollar a month. Also, last shout out. I know you guys have been listening to these same athletic or Oakland athletic club ads for, I don't know, the last seven or eight months, probably highlighted by the fact that we're still talking about the NFL playoffs in there. So let me go ahead and say, I've been catching a lot of these playoff games at the athletic club. I've been having the time of my life while doing that. And I cannot encourage anyone out there enough to join us there. And the usual rules apply. If I'm there, I see you in a huddle shirt or just generally losing your shit, uh, at least one beer on me. With that in mind, go Warriors. Hopefully, see you real soon.
Good, good. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.